What's going on, people? Welcome back to Keep It 111. I'm Andy. He's Sanha. Yo. And as always, we're 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 bringing you fresh takes, not just hot ones, because fresh takes. Because we're going to start off today talking about the latest result in the Champions League, and I, I don't want to say the biggest comeback, but uh, biggest comeback in Champions League history. But it's up there. But we always have drama like this, and this is why we love following this uh, this tournament. And we're also going to talk a little bit about NBA playoffs, of course. Uh, second round is officially underway. And, you know, we're down to four matchups. So we can d dive a little bit deeper this week into those. And then going to end off with the NFL draft that happened last week. It does feel like it feels like it was ages ago. Yeah. But it really, like, you know, we're staying, you know, relevant and on time with it. It's just It just does feel like it was a while ago. But yeah. we're going to talk about um, the NFL draft. How Sanha's picks fared, and um, and then we'll go from there. Uh, let, let's first start off Sanha with uh, the Champions League. Yeah, let's talk what about a, what a game! What a game! I, I did not catch everything because I was at work, you know, same, for, same for here, the first bit. But yeah. I, I did watch, you know, the moments that mattered, and my goodness, I like. I didn't think that like Tottenham Ajax, you know, Champions League uh, semifinal a <laughs> couple of years ago. Yeah. Like I thought that comeback was about as good as it was gonna get. But yeah, with Real performing the way they did, the only thing that might put it below is that they didn't end it in ninety minutes. They pushed it to extra time. But with Spurs, they no. ended it, right? No, but did, that's did, what, did they not? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that made it more dramatic. It's like that is true. They like they're like okay, we like at at the ninety minute mark, we're just like it could still go either way. At the ninety minute mark, and then we're just like, oh my gosh, we have thirty more minutes of play. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're you're just salivating. You're yeah. like, this is gonna be amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. And, and as soon and as soon as like Rail got the goal. I was like thinking like, okay, I don't even know what's best case or worst case because you could argue that best case is that Man City scores and we're going to have a fucking shootout, which is like, you know, you're going to love that. Or worst case is the game and it just ends up being one of the greatest comebacks in a, a semifinal tie, right? So as soon as, you know, Benzema gets the penalty, it's... It just felt like we're playing with house money, and I'm like, this is just gonna be a good game. Like, it's gonna have an amazing ending no matter what. Yeah. And and what a game it was. You know, la last week when we were talking about you know Rail's performance at Etihad, I think we kind of foreshadowed it, right? We were like, you know, Rail looked out of it, but they somehow got a three-two result, and you really can't be mad about that with Rail, and if they're going back to the Bernabeu, right? I can't and believe it. I think what we were, you know considering a possibility actually did happen right which is you know city you know coming up just short and, and the table was set once again to result in a familiar storyline and an ending for city in this tournament and, and what seems to always happen with pep and uh, man city in this competition it's it was also a weird game well actually it, no it, it was a weird matchup in general because if you look at both legs, I mean, obviously, you know, City won the first leg four to three, um, but 
that that score already it kind of sets off the the warning bells because of the importance of away goals right in in champions league where if you end the the two like set tied whoever has more away goals wins right um city allowed three away goals in the in the first match which was kind of like it's low-key like pressure and like kind of big because like they just have to force an aggregate tie to win basically unless unless city scores more than three goals in the in the in today's game um so like it, it real could have won two one and they would have moved on even though it was tied aggregate because they would have had more away goals right with the with the old rules yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah right right but in any case um the the weird thing about this matchup is that City outplayed Real in both games for the majority of the time. Like, even if you just look at the statistics for today's game, like, if you only look at the stats, not the goal score, right? And you only look at all the other stats, you would have thought, there's, there's no way City isn't winning this game. Because it, it, it doesn't look like, like, they, like they super, super dominated, but it looks like a pretty dominant showing from City when you look at 15 shots, 10 shots on target for City today versus five shots on target for, for, for Madrid. 56% possession for City. Over, over 130 more passes than Real Madrid completed. Greater pass accuracy. It, just like six more corners. Like, they, if you look at all of the metrics... They had all the opportunity to take this game. It, is there like plot armor around Real or something? Like I, I don't, I don't know how else to explain this because they, I think you know, I, I think this is how City always plays, right? City always plays with you know p p possession dominant. They'll have a lot of shots on target, but the thing is, is the one missing link has always been the lethal finisher. They don't have a Benzema-like guy. They his don't name, have a, a Kane-like guy. His name used to, his yeah, name was Aguero. His name was Aguero. And, you know, forever immortalized is, you know, Aguero! <laughs> that, that call. Yes, right? yes. And, and he made a living off of that. And ever since he left, you know, they've been, you know, with effect, with effect because they have such a stacked midfield with a lot of like midfielders that have attacking tendencies yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have wingers. So they, they were, they're, they're able to, you know, make it work with, you know, the false nine. Right. But now it's, you know, this is what having, you know, clinical finishing can do, you know, it, this or not having it or, or lack thereof. Right. And 10 shots on goal. And yet they, at the end of the day, they were the ones that had less goals, you know, on the scoreboard. So, um, and Real Madrid, like they are, their path to the finals this year, they went through Chelsea, they went through PSG, yeah. they went through Man City, they they went through the freaking gauntlet. They this really year. did, and they're, they're I mean they're gonna have to finish with the with the against the boss. That like this this like yeah, if they pull this off. This might actually be the single most difficult road to the to winning it all that we have seen somebody succeeded in the Champions League. They beat last year's champions. Maybe. They beat PSG. 
who we who we believe to be you know a top four team in the world they beat man city who we believe to be a top two team in the world and now they're going to play the other team in the top two in the finals so this is insane and and hats off to carlo ancelotti because this is a guy that we thought you know we saw everton do really well last year under him yeah and we were thinking that you know you know, Everton's got quality, right? I mean, Ancelotti, I think we all know that he's a good, like, you know, good manager, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. Everton also, on paper, had a lot of pieces that work. You know, James, like, was playing really well the first half of the season. And, and so they had a lot of excitement. And, and Calvert-Lewin, of course, was like, having a, a bonkers campaign last year. Yep. Definitely not the way this season, right? But, but Ancelotti is really showing that Everton, is, Everton has never been and is not... With that squad, a team that, you know, you could just bring in any kind of manager and they're just going to get guaranteed mid-table, right? Right. We're seeing that now. And so, Ancelotti, and and mind you, Everton in the beginning of the season, like of last season, like they were looking like, man, are they like competing for European football this season? Like, man, this is crazy. (laughs) And and look at them now. And, And this guy just walks into Real Madrid. You know, of course, you know, he always wanted this job. He always wanted this job. I mean, yeah, for no sure. offense, 100%. Everton fans. And no, no offense, Everton fans, but he, he's been waiting for this job. He's been waiting for, for Zidane to step down and then he yeah. starts scheming to yeah, come back, 100%, right? And, 100%. and he walks in, wins La Liga. You know, Marcelo becomes the most decorated, you know, Real Madrid player ever. He's now he's on his way to a Champions League final. What a year for Ancelotti. And I think Ancelotti's like last couple of years have been. Well, they have been very good for his resume. That's to say the least. I mean, what else is there to say here other than Real Madrid, the, the They're killers. the underdogs in the final <laughs> We're going to say that the underdogs again, they might even win again. It's right? just so bizarre to say that they're the underdogs again, man. I, I, they are. <laughs> but it's just so weird to say that they are now. It, oh, yeah, you can't like, you know, like, uh, who me once, right? Shame on Dude, you. it's like, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is like saying Harry Potter in the last Harry Potter film was the underdog going up against Voldemort. Like, he technically is the underdog, <laughs> but it's <laughs> they are the Harry yeah, Potter I, I of think- this tournament. Yeah, it definitely feels like yeah. Oh my gosh, like they they are. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. At the, at, the, at this point, like yeah, it's. I'm not gonna say anything. You know what? I'm just gonna watch the game. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy just it. Have dude. a good game. Like, and uh, do you see? I think it was like yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. It must have been yesterday, right after the Liverpool win. Um, Salo was saying that he wants to see Real in the in the finals because they they play city like three oh, times already man. they already no, played they no. already played city multiple oh, times dude. and then and then this happened holy shit dude man oh my god careful what you wish for mo careful what you wish for he wanted it he asked for it he asked for okay, it okay well, well we'll see we'll see I, I it's gonna be a good game it's gonna be a hella good game you know i th- i i think you know I'm excited to see Benzema up against, you know, Van Dyke. You know, that matchup. It's gonna be fire. It's gonna be spicy. Oh yeah. Um let's move on to the NBA, man. Um 
we can first talk about the Celtics and the Bucks. We'll get this out of the way. Um, I was talking to you before, you know, like, you know, before recording about this. Um, yeah, after that first game, I was thinking like, oh, man, <laughs> checking their game schedule, desperately making sure, please tell me they got a game before Wednesday. I need another game. I need some redemption. And um, the good thing is that they did redeem themselves. Did, and I think did. this is what we, this is what you expect. This is what I expect. This is what we all expect. This, everything is back to normal. Yep. That game one was like Celtics were shooting awfully from three. It's like, you know, just an anomaly in many regards. And, you know, uh, last night uh, or last night, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I think combining for like 59 points. This is what you expect. This is normal. Everybody's back to normal. We can stop panicking. Nice. Okay. Over to you, Sano. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right. Um... But, you know, after after watching game one and seeing how that game turned out, I was like, this is exactly what can happen when Giannis is on your team, right? It doesn't matter how good you are. Even if you're the Boston Celtics, who are, you know, arguably, other than maybe, like, the Suns, the, the most well-rounded team in the playoffs still, it... it you know, when, when they have a player that is transcendent, Giannis is transcendent, right? He's like, like Shaq, when he was playing, he was transcendent. He was just absolute dominant force that no one could stop. Giannis, sometimes he, 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 can, he can be that way. And in game one, he was. Like, there's, there's, I remember there's this, there's this one play, um, him in the post against Tatum. And he, and Tatum gets absolutely manhandled by Giannis. And I think, like, the, the tweet or the comment was, this ain't, this ain't Kevin Durant in the post, Tatum. <laughs> Which is exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. That, like... It, yeah, the, 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 health, the health defense has to come a lot faster yeah, with Giannis. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the way that Tatum shut down Kevin Durant consistently in that series is not going to be as consistent of a thing in this series against Giannis because he's a different monster in the post. And, and if, if he can get some help, then especially if on the, on the outside, on the perimeter, then they have opportunities to take games here. Game two is a perfect, is a, is a perfect example of him getting no help. They, they made three threes the entire game. The Celtics made 20. Yep. They made 20. Yep. The Bucks shot seven, less than 17% from three. In game two, that that just that's just not gonna do it. Like they just have to sh- they have to shoot twice as good as that. Um, so in any case, all this is to say that I think it's gonna be a good. It already is a good series. I think um, it has all the especially if Middleton can if Middleton can can come back. He apparently hasn't like resumed practicing yet. Um. He, but he was yeah. he was projected every though. game is important right, right now right right um, but even if he can come back like game four that would be pretty big and yeah that's a home game you know mm-hmm. um you know you can chalk up the next one as an l right but then you know bring him back into the lineup and say hey big game four we we're still in this two one exactly you know if we win this game it's 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 almost like you know we we you know we both won our home we uh, both of us won uh both of our home games right yep. and then it, it feels like you know you're in this right yep um it's a three game series absolutely 100 yeah. yeah yeah so yeah 
and and here's the here's one other thing that I'll say is the Celtics are extremely fortunate, and I think what what really rounds them out is having Al Horford back in in form, right? Because frankly, last year Horford did not play so well. He looked slow. He didn't look like he didn't look very physical. He didn't look like himself. And I honestly like wrote him off. I thought he was done. Um, but clearly this year, all year, um, and also very much so in the playoffs, he's showing that he, he still got it. Um, he, he's running up and down the court just as well he, as, as he used to do. Um, he's playing physical, and he's another potential matchup against Giannis, which is helpful, right? You, you don't want Tatum on him all game because that's going to wear Tatum out. Um, and, and you need to get, you know, 25, 30 points out of Tatum on the other side. Um, so having Horford there as another option to, to match up against Giannis at times, um, especially when Tatum's taking a rest, it, that's super, super helpful. And it's probably, I think, going to be a key factor in, in pushing them uh, through the series. Yeah, um, I think, and going back to your point about Tatum, right? Um, when it comes to defending Giannis in the post, and you, you you can guard him with Tatum. You just need the help defense to come a lot yeah. faster. Those are kinds of adjustments that you make throughout the series, yeah. and you can get away with that. And so I think things are trending, you know, in a positive direction. And with Horford, Horford is such an interesting player, man, because when he, you know, when he, when he used to play for the Hawks, and, you know, even back then, you know, we, we still were in a phase of the NBA where, like, mid-range was a thing, and he was, you know, he had a decent mid-range. He... He, in some ways, it's like it's a little bit resemblant of Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, he's not a super like in your face, gonna like like posterize people like left and right. Um, he's he can like you know shoot you know a little bit like a little mid range. Of course, like he he's got a little bit of physicality, but he was never like a super big like you know manhandling you know size kind of player. But in, in return for that, he's been a little bit more mobile, right? Yep. And the thing is, is a lot of those traits have aged really well into yeah, today's for league. Sure, for and sure. that's a big reason why he's still around is because he, he was, he already had the tools to arguably, and, and, and let's, then let's be real. Like if Horford was coming up in this NBA, he would have been like another level, right? Good. Cause, cause the mobility is important. The size doesn't matter as much. And so all the things that, you know, maybe you might've thought he was deficient in, a long time ago actually are not that important anymore yep. Yep. and the things that he does like of course he didn't shoot the three back then but he had a mid-range and he showed you promise that he can you know if if he really wanted to shoot the three and now he does right so um he's he's kind of like a really good you know player in today's nba with the tools it's just a shame that he's kind of got, got to the age where he can't you know be taking over games anymore right that's all right, right. exactly right and okay so before we move on let me go back a little bit in time here and just just say something really funny. So the Celtics taking the series from the Nets is next level because if you remember, if you go years back here um, and you remember the Brooklyn heist where Danny Ainge, he gave them Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, for some picks. Those picks are Jason Tatum um, and Jalen Brown. Some picks. They're yep. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I think, wait, is Marcus, isn't Marcus Smart one of them too? He may Maybe have not. been. I don't, I don't think he's those picks specifically. 
But I mean, okay. obviously, Ainge he's just from the era. Him. Okay. Yeah, but Ainge drafted yeah. him, right? Um, mm -hmm. And oh my god, that that must have just made the 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 series sweep against Brooklyn that much sweeter. And my god, if you're a Brooklyn, oh, that fan, much more sour for Brooklyn. Yeah, that much yeah. more sour if you're yeah for Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. For, if you're a Brooklyn fan, you you oh man, that that must have just hurt so much knowing that. You you stole the farm to do nothing. No, you sold the farm to get swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round of these playoffs. <laughs> but let's be real, Sanha. Like the Brooklyn Nets fan nowadays, they were not fans when that trade went down. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets had no fans back then. Let's be real. Dude, okay, but. That thing was kind of fire, man. It was like, like just the day. Nobody just was rooting for the Nets. No, nobody was rooting for the Nets back in those days. I was rooting man. for the Nets. Like an aging, an aging KG, an aged KG, and an aged Paul Pierce an was not going to win Johnson. any. They were not going to win any fans well, over, Williams dude. Oh still my on that god. Team? I think yeah, but he was always injured. I'm pretty sure he was. I think he, I think I think I think Williams and Pierce and Garnett. I don't think they actually played on a court for an extended period of time because I think that was when like Williams was probably dealing with yeah, starting to deal with a lot of injuries yeah. and then he never saw the court. Dude, again, but imagine basically. like that would have been sick if they had been healthy. KG, Paul Pierce, Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, like that would have been sick. I mean, if you take them at their peaks, that's a freaking championship peak. Yeah, that's that, a championship team. That so the problem sick. is, is that, that that is clearly not what they had. It's so sad. They man. did not. They they did not have. You know, this is. They did not have Atlanta Joe Johnson. You know, Utah bad, Jazz Darren Williams and 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 Boston, peak Boston Celtics all Pierce the T Wolves. Net. They got they got the Brooklyn's version of everyone, which is. Which which is the unfortunate thing. Feels bad. Um, let's move on uh, to the Sixers and Heat. Um, I mean, are we really surprised the Heat are you know leading at this juncture? I think nope. I think I think we both thought that the Heat were gonna probably come out of this one. Yeah, especially with Embiid injured, right? It's um, yeah, like yeah. It, as soon as I saw that news, I was like, yikes, the Sixers. Yeah. I yeah. thought I had a really good chance of making it all the way. Um, yeah, I, I think if all the pieces are working, but James Harden has always been such a big like X factor that you cannot guarantee. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for that, like for that, I think any playoff team that has James Harden is just going to be really hard to forecast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now it's trending to the direction that we can forecast and say that he's just not going to be good. Um, but it, before even coming into these playoffs, I was thinking, you know, really hard to forecast, especially right. because James Harden still didn't get a lot of time to gel with the team. So you could see him getting better throughout the series. You can see him getting better throughout the playoffs, but you know, it's clearly looking like, you know, he's just not a guy that you can count on. Exactly. Yeah. Carry. You can't, you can't. And it's kind of sad to see that, but I mean, but the good thing for them is Tyrese Maxey um i think he's proving that he's a real deal um he, he wasn't amazing in game one but he still had 19 points um right and you know obviously in a game that you're losing to score almost 20 
pretty damn good. He scored more than freaking he scored more than Harden, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He yep. scored the second most on his team. So um and tonight he already has twenty eight points tonight. Still seven minutes left in fourth. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he, no, no. He he's a good he's a good player. Yeah, he he's the real um, deal. He's the real deal. So if they if they take away anything positive from this series, it'll be it'll be the rise of Tyrese Maxi. Um and yeah. I don't know what they're yeah. gonna do with Harden. I don't even know if you can flip Harden for anything at this point. What do you think? I don't think you flip him, man. I, I think you fear that it uh, well, it is hard to flip him. But with the Sixers, you don't have to think that like, you know, you're stuck with this guy. Like, because you can at least spin it off and say that, hey, Harden and Embiid did not have a full season together. Give him a full season and then, you know, maybe things will get better, right? Um not like panic button time yet um but also like i say that because i mean what are their options yeah yeah they, <laughs> they really don't <laughs> so they're like forced to like really like tell themselves internally that like you know it's it's that it's that dog meme the the dog in the fire in in the house and there's a fire is like this is fine this is fine you know Yo, I'll, um, um i'll i'll trade i'll trade uh westbrook for him Dude, <laughs> yo, actually, John Wall, John, yo, John Wall on the Sixers. That would be kind of fire. That'd be kind of fire, dude. Because like nobody's seen John Wall play with a legit big man. He's never had a legit big man. Okay, wait, wait, okay. That's probably the biggest shame in his career. He's never had a legit big man. Okay, and don't tell me Martian Gortat is a legit big man because he's not. Okay, I'm not. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you. What makes John Wall at this stage in his career different than a few inches shorter Ben Simmons? Okay, John Wall's not that bad at shooting, dude. Come on. Like, like I, I see, I saw what you're trying to do there. You're trying to be slick. You're trying to be slick. Like... You, 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 you just took you just took two measuring cups with like drastically different amounts and you're like eh, it's, it's the same it's it's just, it's come on dude comparison. they're basically no, they're, ba they're basically the same they would they play similar roles <laughs> but their level of competence in the skills related to their roles is vastly different. You're right. Ben Simmons better on ben defense. Simmons, ben Simmons better on defense. John Wall can actually score. Um, and John Wall can hit free throws. John Wall can hit threes once in a while. Right, I mean, I gotta, if, I gotta look this if up. you leave him open, he'll hit him. I'm going right? to look this up. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look up Ben Simmons points per game. John Wall points per game. Dude, John Wall could put up like he could easily put up 20 like, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. not he probably puts up like 22 a game or something right but like that's not that should not be his uh his like his main game holy shit and... all right ben simmons sucks screw this guy yeah dude <laughs> come on put some respect on I, I i would i would take wall over a simmons right now like post acl injury john wall over ben simmons dude come Jeez. on and, and and let me tell you, if John Wall, because John Wall has never had a talented big man play with him, and his playing style is very suitable for that. And so, in some sense, to me, we never got to see the best version of him. And it's such a shame that we may never get to see that. Yeah. And 
Um, if he, but if he goes to the Sixers, look at the look at the tools on that team right now. He's got he's got shooters. He's got Seth Curry. Sorry, Seth Curry's in the Nets now. Never mind. But but they they got shooters, right? I mean, who who who's their who's their on who's who? their, uh, on the Sixers? Who's their main shooting guy? I mean, Maxi can shoot. Kyrie's but... Maxi, baby. James Harden. I mean, yeah. Tobias Harris is literally one of the. Well, their, let, let, their let's assume that shooters. let's assume that it's a, it's like a one for one replacement with Harden, so we won't count Harden. Oh, okay. okay. They got Danny Green, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- I mean Tobias Harris is literally one of their spot up shooters, even though he's a big. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, but, yeah, but but dude, he's got shooters. Yeah, Tobias Harris can shoot as well. He's got now like a legit big man in Joel Embiid. Like it could be a fun team. I think I think Wall's problem has always been that he hasn't been a consistent shooter off the pick and roll. Like when you I disagree with that. When man. you pick I and roll, you that. need to be able to shoot that mid range jumper. When he could hit. Man, I don't know, man. I don't trust that. I don't trust. I don't believe that. Okay, I got. I got to do the research on the stats, but he can hit those. He hits those, baby. Okay. Like, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I gotta look up what. I gotta look up his field goal percentage let on me, like mid range or something. Yeah, yeah. Let me you got, the eye test. He hits those. He hits. No, those. no, no. Because let me tell you this. When I play two K, I never shoot with John Wall mid range. I refuse to shoot the ball mid-range with John Wall. If he's not putting in a layup, I ain't shooting with John Wall in 2K. Well, the good thing about John is that he can get those layups oh for Oh, my. <laughs> Forever a Wizards fan. Forever a Wizards fan. All right. Next series. Dude, it is, it is sad, dude. It is sad. Uh, let's, let's go to the Warriors um, Grizzlies. Because sure. it, it, it was a spicy game, too. Yeah. Um, an ejection on Dylan. Yeah, sad. After a play that I think you know, I think he did deserve it. You know, probably. Um, I mean, how do these things work? Like, I think he's 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 probably suspended, right? Or like he's not allowed to play for like a, a game or two. Brooks got a flagrant two. Um, flagrant twos like seldom end with just that. It's like. Yeah, like so I think some... it depends on the league can put him out for more. Uh, this doesn't tell me if he's out for more or not. It's possible that he can miss more time. Um, but this doesn't say. It's Honestly, possible. like even if they do, it, it, even if they do, like like you know, Grizzlies, like they just got like you know, like a decent amount of like talent that could step up. So I'm not too worried about it, um, but yeah. But the thing is, is even if Brooks is playing, let's be honest, I think the Warriors are going to take this one. It's kind of you can't see them not coming out of it, dude. Um, yeah, it, which is kind of unfortunate because, well, I don't know. Like if if a team is going to take down a team, not the Suns, was we're going to take down. Golden State, then I would have thought that it would have been a team like Memphis that's like super scrappy. Um, right. And, you know, I, I think game two, Jaw, he, he, he solidified, if, if it wasn't already solidified, he really cemented his like superstardom, proving like he can be that player to 
to take over and and you know win win a tough playoff game against a team that's better than his, right? A team that's better than his. Um, yeah. And so when I mean again, it, it's similar to Giannis in that way. Obviously, I, I I'm not going to say Morant is as dominant a force as Giannis is, but when you have a player like that on your team. And you surround him with good, you know, rotational pieces and support. You have you have a chance in any in any playoff series, no matter how good the other team is, because you have that literal one player. Um, and and that's how good John Morant is right now. Yeah, um, I remember back in the day. I mean, when when you know, hundred point you know playoff games were not a given. Um, like they are now. Yeah, a forty-seven point game in the playoffs—that would be a headline. That's oh a headline in an god. NBA playoff night, right? Oh my god! Uh, that yeah, he's he's doing some work out there. And the thing is, is yeah, one hundred six, one hundred one with forty-seven points, he won you that game. You can basically consider it like he won you that game, undoubtedly. And so, you know, they say like you know, it, no matter how bad the team is having a superstar on your team is going to get you one game it's going to get you one game having having guys like iverson he's going to get you one game yeah, yeah. um and having a that guy was, like that iverson was... actually got them a series <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. Thing that that got him a finals appearance yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus. but but like you know playing a powerhouse i consider the warriors a powerhouse still at this point like you know playing a powerhouse team right your team are, is you know underdogs i wouldn't say to the point as like you know iverson sixers versus you know kobe shack yeah Lakers. exactly that's, that, that, that's a much bigger imbalance but like here's there's an imbalance here too right and so it does feel like you know this is jaw getting the grizzlies their one game yeah. um i'd like to see more because i think it's i think this series is entertaining as hell yeah um it's super but exciting. I, i'm but i'm not gonna be shocked if it ends 4-1 <sighs> Yeah. All right, what do you what do you think about the last series? Uh Suns. Mavs. <laughs> Did the Mavs have a chance, dude? <laughs> Cause I'm not I'm not gonna lie, like the Mavs Jazz was the most flaccid matchup of like, Yeah, but that's because we did have Luca, man. <laughs> Luca changes the series. It does. It, he does, and uh but uh, it, like, but you know, with the jazz, like you know, Mitchell doesn't have the, the 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 shine and the glitter as much, you know. That I think I think we're a little bit over, like you know, his kind of uh, disappointing performances, right? Uh, but with the Mavs, I mean, they got they got Luca back now, and dude, he put up he put up forty five, man. He put yeah, up forty five. He put up ten rebounds, eight assists, like. I think that's... he's kind of doing his job, and like if, if this is the, if these are the results that they're gonna get, then they're in for they're in for a short series. I was gonna say if they're gonna be in for a long series. No, no, no they're in for a short series. Yeah, right? Luca, Luca is the youngest player since Kobe to score forty five points with at least ten rebounds in the playoffs. What a legend! Kobe did that. Kobe did that. Two thousand one. I mean, Kobe. Kobe getting 45 is not a surprise at all. Kobe getting 10 rebounds, though, 
He was 22. But, but, but he was he was young though, right? He's probably very he was hungry. 22 for those. or something. 22 or 21. Because he entered yeah. in 90. Because like yeah, you know, like later later in his career, he's like rebounding. Rebounding. Rebounding is not Kobe's job. <laughs> no, he doesn't care so much about rebounding unless it's gonna win in the game though. But when he was young, but when he was young, you know, he's a little hungrier, right? You know, yeah. I, I, I I I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, but I mean the, the big the big thing in the series is going to be can the Mavs match up against Aiton? I don't think they have the personnel to really match up against Aiton, to be honest. Like who No, they don't. Who do they have? Who are they gonna like No, they have nobody. Right? That that that's Yeah, exactly. No. It, that's and you saw it, like it Yeah. You, you saw it. Like the, the Suns are just like they're just abusing that. Exactly, right? exactly. And that's what's gonna happen the entire like, series. Like Aiden got fed <laughs> in game one and mm-hmm. they're just gonna be like, Yeah, just keep paying it to him. Like they have Booker, they have all these weapons, man. why 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 do you do this? Like, you know, just just give it to Aiden and you just play that game, right? Yeah, let your guards like relax. <laughs> yep. Uh what one thing yeah, about the guards you def- you- Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to screw around with Devin Booker and. No, get no, definitely not. Right? Especially I mean, so like you, you definitely like, and you don't need him to go all out. Yeah, like, for sure, for to sure. Win this like, if you don't need to do that, then you shouldn't do that. And then, but, but talk about right. Chris Paul. Um, I think he surpassed. Uh, Tony Parker. He surpassed Tony Parker for fifth most assist in the playoffs. In their in their last game, Chris Paul getting up there. That's like. That's mad impressive because he's probably played way fewer games than Tony Parker because Tony Parker's got a lot of long runs, right? Exactly what I was gonna say. It's like you don't typically think of Chris Paul as a playoffs player, uh, and a playoffs like stat machine, but you know he's right up there with some of the best playoff point guards like of all time, including Tony. One of them being Tony Parker. Yeah, um, yeah, because I mean, if if LeBron James is a a perennial NBA Finals guy, mm-hmm. Chris Paul is a perennial NBA Conference Semifinals guy. <laughs> so like, it, like he he's got a lot of short runs, but he's yeah. got a lot of them. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I don't know how many games he's played, but like you know, he's had a longer career than uh, Tony Parker, I'm sure, in terms of years. Yeah. But but he probably has a lot more assists per game per minute, you know things like that than Parker. Right, I'm sure of that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, he should have been on the Lakers. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm still salty. I mean, I mean, dude, Chris Paul would help any team. Chris Paul would help literally any team. You I, could put Chris Paul. You could put Chris Paul on the Warriors and run a five guard lineup, and it would still be good. I'm so salty, man. You could put Chris Paul on the. You could put Chris Paul on the Sixers. That would be great. You could put him. That'll be good. You could put him on the Celtics. That'll be good. That'd be really good, actually. Uh, there is there is not a team that you could think of. Like you know, you put Chris Paul. You're like nah, nah. Like Chris Paul has a role on like basically That's any just team. How good he joins. is, which is weird he because is. it's not an era of. It's not an era of quarterback, like. Ball, dis- general, ball distributor, like, yeah, exactly. Court general yeah. point guards. It's a, it's an era of Trey Young, John ja Morant, even maybe Darren Fox. Like either you're a slasher or you're a three point monster sort of point guards. It's that kind of era, and yet you don't, you can't name a team that wouldn't be better with Chris Paul. 
it's because the dude just doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. And so like his efficiency is insane. And like, yeah. and cause the thing is like, no matter what you're doing, as long as you're not making mistakes and you're just like playing progressively, like you're going to be a positive you no know, matter what. You know, what's a right? hot take? you know, it's a hot take. Up until just a year ago, you know who a budget Chris Paul was? Low key. Oh, wait, wait, let me think. Yeah, think. A budget Chris Paul. Hmm. I'm trying to think in the, of in the who playoff, in the play, Specifically in the, in the playoffs. playoffs. Specifically, specifically for the playoffs. Or for a playoff team. Like low-key. Maybe this is too like hot of a take. Way. Maybe, maybe this is too hot of a take. Wait, wait, wait. It don't make sense when I say it. Like, are, are you are you trying to be derogatory? Or are you trying no, to be no, like? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Compliment of Chris Paul. A compliment of Chris uh, Paul. Well, obviously, because like he, like the other person would be a budget version of him. Oh, budget version of him. Mm. Rajon Rondo. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, no, yes. Hell Absolutely, hell yes. Hell. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. My God. Listen I, to I, me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If Rondo wasn't on that Lakers team, they would not have won the championship. No, but like, dude, like, Rondo can't shoot. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. All right. We're, we're like, looking at the stats. We're looking at the stats. Nah, he can't right, shoot. Okay. Dude. He can't. Okay. Let's look at the stats. Let's look at the stats. I'm gonna show you the stats right here. Oh boy, why why are you making me do this? Why are you making me do this? He he can't. Nah, like okay. If you're gonna say budget Chris Paul's Rondo, that's like he is. It's like one. That's like comparing like like that's a budget budget. You know what I mean? That's like that's like you're replacing like a steak, like a like a nice ribeye at like a nice steakhouse, and you're saying the budget version of that. Is 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 a hungry man sirloin steak that you find in the grocery store frozen aisle? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're both steak, but Dude. I mean, you're really pushing the budget, man. That's what I think. <laughs> no, okay. In the in the twenty twenty playoffs, in the, in those twenty twenty playoffs, right? Uh, first series, he went. 8 points, 4 assists, 10.9 assists, 21.9 assists, 11.8 assists, 3.5 assists. Second series, 7 and 9, 3 and 9, 9 and 8, 11 and 7, 8 and 4. Third series, 7 and 4, 16 and 10, 4 and 5, 2 and 5, 4 and 5, 19 and 4. Dude, Sanha, I love how like you're like listing me all these points and like you're emphasizing like the double digit ones. But like the double digit ones happen like one every four games. That's a, that's why he must budget. <laughs> that's all you need, though. Oh. Okay, no, no, okay, but yeah. but yeah, you you can't use this budget version too liberally like this, man. That, that, okay. That's disrespect but, to okay. Chris Paul. But 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 okay, away okay away stepping away from the stats, just the stats. Chris Paul's or not Chris Paul, sorry, Rondo's role on the team was Chris Paul-esque in that 
in that his job was to manage the floor and the players on the court when he was handling the ball. That was literally his job. Which is exactly what Chris Paul does. That's his that's his primary function is to is to manage and be the general of the players on the court, which is exactly what Rondo did. You know what I think is a closer, like more worthy of that title? I think Kyle Lowry's more worthy of that title. Because no Kyle way. Lowry Kyle Lowry can distribute the ball. He can shoot a little bit. In fact, he might even be a better three-point shooter than Chris Paul, maybe. He probably is, honestly. But, so, like, uh, he's, so he's, he's, you know, one of those examples, like, like you said, he's probably closer, like, somewhere between a Chris Paul and a three-point monster that you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he's somewhere between that, but he's closer. He's closer to Chris Paul than Rondo. No Come way! On, There's man. no way Kyle Lowry is a, is, a, is a court general. There's no way. Yeah, he is. That guy ain't I doing he's... that shit. There's no way that guy's doing that. No, he, he's, a court, he's, a, he, he's, a, he's a court general. Like, he distributes the ball, and he's also a leader. He's a leader as well. So, hey, dude, ask the Toronto fans how much Kyle Lowry meant to that starting lineup. I will. When they won the championship. And they'll say, they they'll, they'll tell you. They'll, they'll, tell, they'll tell you. you he's a floor general. They'll tell you, they got Kawhi Jones for one year. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely going to say that, too. But, man. The number they're going to retire is going to be Kyle's. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do retire Kawhi, actually. That's an interesting thought to that's have. That's an interesting thought. I don't know. I don't know about that. It is interesting, isn't it? Because it's... <laughs> Yeah, cause, but like only championship. Yeah. Only championship. Only championship, but one and done. Does that make it more impressive? <laughs> one and done, but like he was like the... Like, he was the... Yeah, yeah. He's the reason you won. Like literally. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think you see a lot of cases like that because, you know, you don't see like one guy just come to a team and just carry them, you know, because it takes time well, for like chemistry to gel and, and whatever. <clears throat> that happened before in the first year and yeah, that the was the only year, yeah, year and, then exactly. they were, and then they were gone after exactly. that and then they yeah. were gone that after that happened? like man I really can't think of a, an example right and, and, it, and that's what I'm saying it's such a rare occurrence that like it is an interesting question to ask that's right? nuts oh I know I know, and I know. Like, Kevin Durant <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you down bad for that one, man. Uh, 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 <laughs> Dad is I'm, just I'm, down bad. Oh my. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. <laughs> that, that was messed up with me. <laughs> that, 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 that is just, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was some low blow. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of a. Yeah, I, can't, I, yeah, I can't think of an example. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it this week. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's think it about it this is. week. We'll come back next week and we'll, we'll, we'll rehash this. We'll revisit the question. And because I bet there are a lot of examples where like one big free agent right comes, but yeah, like you know yeah. when people get signed as free agents, if they're really good, the contracts are really big and they're just not super mobile assets. Yeah. So like, why are they gonna 
stay, right? Or why are they gonna leave, right? How are they gonna leave? I right? can I can think about I can I can think of um like an equally impactful free agent who was one and done. His name was Dwight Howard to the Lakers. True. 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 But impactful on paper, the opposite way. No, on no. paper, it was it was hype as hell. <laughs> it, was, and, it was hype as but hell. But the effect was the opposite of Kawhi Leonard. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that team was like, dude, when we saw Steve Nash, like Bryant and like Howard, I'm sure like Lakers fans like nutted at that. Like in the beginning of the I season. Did. I were... did. <laughs> we still had Pow, didn't we? Yeah, but like, yeah, and and that's like more of the reason why it's so hype. Yeah, like if Powell's like not the guy that you put in the big three. Like, oh, your team must be really exactly. good. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that was yeah. that was a nutty ass team, man. I think we had. What did we have? Julius Randle, or was that the year after? Oh, that must have been the year after because he no, would have been no, the, no. he would have been the seventh pick. So it must have been when we failed, when we flopped. So it's been, it must have been like two years after or something. Yeah, Julius uh, Randall was a while after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was when we were in high school, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple yeah. years after that. That's kind of crazy. Julius Randall's already that old. Yeah, dude. And dude, I, I, and let's be honest. Like, I didn't think. Remember when yeah, Julius Randall like first came on the court and he gets a freak injury and yeah. then like you know. And we thought like, it people was were over. thinking like, yeah, like this guy's like career has just changed. And now he's just but good. Now he's come back and he's like. He's an amazing regular season player. Yeah, he's straight up good. No, he's, he's just a straight good up regular good. season. I don't know. Didn't didn't like he like play horribly like in the playoffs for the next couple years ago? He, he or, did or last year. Yeah, yeah. He was. I mean, he wasn't like hard, but it was it was bad. Yeah, he, he was bad in the playoffs. It was definitely bad. I think but, it was like on like it was it was nearly hardened levels of like yeah like yeah but underperforming. If you look at his like entire like game. Like just generally, I would say that Julius Randle is a good player. Like, no, in, he's a good player. General, yeah, he's just a good player. He's a good player. Like, I think was he not an All Star that year? Yeah, if yeah, he yeah. Wasn't, he I was, think he was. I'm an pretty All-Star. sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, he he's a, he's a good player. Dude, the, he's a good player. The and number like, of players in the last ten years that the Lakers have drafted and then became All Stars while not being on the Lakers is pretty outstanding. Like. D'Angelo Russell. Lonzo Ball was an all-star, right? No. Are you sure? Brandon Ingram. I mean, Brandon yeah, Ingram. No, Ingram Lonzo was not an all-star. Julius- Are you sure? Lonzo Ball's not an all-star in the West? No way. No way. Oh, no, no, he wasn't. Wait, was he not? I call, I call, I call nepotism if he was a freaking all-star. Are you not kidding me? Not in the West. <laughs> Once he got to Chicago. Nah. Ah, uh, he wasn't. But he could be. And then that would be Based four. on what? Dude, Lonzo, Based on what? Lonzo's Numbers? been good. Yeah, Lonzo's been good. I mean, all-star good, though? He could be. In the right I mean, dude, it's, a, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to be a point guard all-star. Like, it's, it is, it's a it very is. competitive position, right? It is, but also... You, know, you can't just be... It's now, it's now the East. He's going up against guys like Trey Young. He's going up against guys like Trey Young. Like, I mean, how many guys do we have to beat in the East? Let me look at the bracket. All right, Miami, no one. 
Atlanta, Trey Young. Philly, no one. Lowry, maybe. He could probably beat out Lowry on popularity. Uh, Philly, Philly, uh, James Harden. I think James Harden. You you consider him as point guard. Yeah, I guess. Consider I guess. him as a guard. I guess. And then and then Kyrie uh, Irving. They're like three guys. Yeah. <laughs> They're three guys. Wait. Uh, he's have to beat out one dude. Um, dude, he's probably dude. Marcus Smart is closer to being an all all star than him. You really okay? I don't believe this. 2022 all-star yeah, votes. All right, let's look at it. Let's look at this. I mean, are are you only looking at like points or something? Like, I mean, if you do that, it's kind of it's kind of stupid. But uh, yo, Fred Van Vliet, he's closer to being an all-star. True. I guess. Oh, you know who's also closer? His younger brother, Lamelo. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which is actually true. <laughs> oh my yeah, dude. god so so he is um no you know who was eight eighth this year in votes for guards in the east Derek rose that's so funny holy shit he was above, so funny he was above jalen brown bruh yo dude like Derek Rose is he's just keeping his head down and just being a Bro. professional, dude. Like I, I respect him like mad. Like good for him. Because it's hard to like it's hard to like be like in such an exclusive company like yeah. of history. Yeah. Like by winning a freaking MVP. Yeah. Right? As a point guard. At and age how old was he? Twenty one? Very, very young. Nineteen? Yes. And no, not nineteen. He has twenty-two. Maybe like, maybe he has like twenty-two, one hundred ninety-one days. Yeah. Um. Youngest yeah, one, dude. His, youngest MVP. So, could you imagine? You know, having like the ego boost. You know, of yeah, being in that position yeah. to now, it's like a lot of you know a lot of people. I think like they would not have the mental fortitude to even stay in the league after something like yeah, that. Like a it, fall from grace like that. It's also weird to see, like as a as like a fan, it's weird to see this guy who was MVP. Like literally people were comparing him in terms of like level of impact to LeBron at the time, right? Because LeBron was still in the East. Yep. So like yep. It, they were they were they were thinking like, you know, Derek Rose and LeBron James is like the, the head of like the yeah, matchup exactly. of the East, like, right? That's, that's the level that he was at. He was literally LeBron James level of hype. Yeah. And uh, then uh, we would look at we would look at him in terms of impact like a guy like Giannis today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. But it, that's crazy. Six three point guard doing that. Right, right. Six two maybe even. He's probably shorter. Yeah. 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 Um, six two, six three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely not. It's like it's as if um, it's as if uh, what's what's his name? Uh, forward uh, McGrady, Tracy T Mac. There you go. It's as if T Mac yeah. came back and like grinded it out to be like to be like a solid rotational player. <laughs> and, and, and Basically, like, yeah, finished out yeah, his, his yeah, like, career. Yeah, dude. Way, right. That's yeah. weird. That's weird. I don't like it's that. it's hard to imagine, and I think like you know you it's it's low key what's happening with John Wall, right? It's like 
Yeah, kind his, of his, actually. Yeah, he is grinding it out because he's like he's he's saying he no well he's saying that like you know he goes too big and I'm too good to be coming off the bench. Yeah. But Derrick Rose is like you know what you know you know what I'll take that right and True. so. True. Um, but yeah, uh, we we can move on to the NFL though. Let's talk about uh, the draft, man. Let's go. Um, let's go. First of all, Sanha, I need you to break down. Well, let's let's go over the picks. Let's go over like how your picks did. Um, I think last week you did not say Trayvon Walker was going to be. I did not. I did drafted not. first, and then you and then you texted me the morning after. You're like, yeah, I gotta take it back. Yeah, and then <laughs> I, I, and then I I tweeted to like. I was getting, I was staying really plugged into the news and the, uh, the betting and and everything, um, and I just kept hearing conflicting things. But I think at the end of the day, I heard more of Trevon Walker to Georgia, and so I think my final mock draft had uh, Trevon Walker going one, Aiden Hutchinson going two, and then the big surprise, Derek Stickley going three. Um, Obviously, you know, no, no surprises at one and two that those were kind of obvious. Um, Derek Singley at number three was, that one was a shock. Like if we, if we categorize all of the things that happened in this draft as either expected, surprising or shocking, Derek Singley at number three to me was shocking, not because like obviously, like I mocked it. I mocked it in 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 my final mock. So like, I, like I expected it just purely based on things I was hearing, listening to, read. But like even when I was mocking it, I couldn't believe that that the Texans were gonna take this guy number three overall. Like, it doesn't make sense on every single level. Let me explain this. Let me explain why. Let me explain why. So number one. GM of the Houston Texans, um, Nick Casario, I want to say his full name is. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, yeah, so he's a former New England Patriots guy. And obviously the New England Patriots are notorious for playing the draft extremely solid. Like they, they don't. They don't take risks on guys like this. Like, there's no reason for them to take risks. Like, they, they don't evaluate players like that. And they don't draft like that. Um, so, it's bizarre that a guy who came up in that system would take such a big risk at number three overall. So, that's number one. Number two, their, co- um, their coach and um, the defensive scheme that they're going to be running, they, that's, that system isn't supposed to value a man-to-man cover corner which is what Derek Stingley is um they're more of a a zone coverage sort of scheme um so Derek Stingley his player profile doesn't match that so like if you're gonna take a risk on a player that high up he better match your like scheme and and your system he's not even a system fit and then on top of that, like, obviously, I mentioned this last week. Injury risk. His play was not good the last two years. Questions about, you know, if he really loves football. There are just so many question marks on this guy. And the, 
so like that's why I was shocked. That's why I was shocked to see him go number three. Was it a was it at least a personnel fit? Like so even if you know he doesn't play the brand of you know a defensive back a cornerback that might be suitable for the system is that a spot in the roster that they have a deficiency of you know staffing in yes but also to be fair that exists at every position (laughs) (laughs) seriously i mean that's serious like not a joke well so basically you're saying is that it's not a good argument because Every position is a need. Yes, so, you, yes. so basically, if you're thinking, if you're thinking from that perspective, they should have been going BPA, like basically. Yes, absolutely, they should have. Which is why this made no sense at all, like whatsoever. Interesting. I was legit. So, so why, why did why did you mock this guy? Is it just based on what you heard, or? Yeah, it, it was based on what I heard. I there were it, later, like a lot closer to the draft, maybe two or three days out. There were a lot of people talking about Derek Staley going to the Texans. Um, and I, I, think, I think it got out because... So th- this is something that, that we can talk about now post-draft is um, like the information game during the draft season. Because so if you think about it from a team's perspective, the information that they let out to the public, it's, it's, it's kind of like a game. It's like a mind game against all the other teams, right? Because... You don't want them to know who you are going to pick, but you want them to, you, you have something, you have an idea of what you want them to have an idea of, what, right. of who you're going to pick, right? Um, so this draft was extreme, like, like a lot about that. Um, not only because, like, it was obvious because of the number of, uh, of trades in the, in the first round. Because you don't make trades like that unless you know that, like, or you have information that another team wants your guy and you need to get ahead of that team, right? Otherwise, what's, right. The, what's the point of trading up? Um, the Texans in this particular case, they didn't really have much to lose by, um, by leaking this information if they, if they did leak it somehow because it, Trevon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson were still locked in number one and two that... It, there's no risk, basically. They, they had, outside of Trevon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, they could have taken whoever they wanted. Um, so it didn't right. matter if anyone knew. So they're, they're not going to get undercut by anybody. Exactly. Really. And, and here's the other thing. So you would, you would say, okay, then, like, okay, let's say that's true. Let's say there's no risks to it. But then, like, what's the benefit to it? The benefit is that, um, so when you are in the front office, when you're a general manager of one of these NFL teams, y- you, you start to make relationships with people in the media, with scouts, with people who are reporters, right? And so obviously when you, when you are building a relationship like that with someone, with someone in the media, um, there has to be a give and take like you have to give them some sort of information that is accurate in order for trust to build and et cetera, et cetera. So like this could have been an opportunity for them to be like, okay, there's like almost no risk here of us revealing our pick. So why don't we just like use, take this opportunity to, you know, feed someone a nugget of information 
And then we can at a future date cash it in if you know we need to uh, use the media to like spin a narrative on something or, or something like that, right? So, um, so it, it was a good opportunity for them to kind of use the media in that way. Interesting, interesting. And Not gonna lie, sounds sounds shady as hell, but I'm I'm sure it happens that like that a team is trying to like. Like manipulate media to build narratives. That sounds toxic as hell. Not gonna lie. Okay. But, well, perfect example. It happens. Yeah. Perfect example of this happening is the New York Giants. So the New York Giants, almost for the entire draft season, I'll say, everywhere, everyone saying the New York Giants really like Charles Cross. They really like Charles Cross. They really like Charles Cross. They like Charles Cross more than Evan Neal. They like Charles Cross more than Evan Neal. If Evan Neal and Charles Cross are there on the board, they're going to take Charles Cross. Who do they take at number seven? Evan Neal. No questions asked. That was 100%. I guarantee you that was a bait by the Giants. And so, again, if we play the cycle, like the psychology game, it 100% makes sense why they would think, uh, why they would do the game. Because, um, so for, for the Giants, they, they're targeting Evan Neal. So, like, from their, from their perspective, they want Evan Neal. Um, but they have the fifth pick, and then they have the seventh pick. So there are a couple opportunities where a t another team could could get up uh, up above them um, in, order to, in order to take Evan Neal away from them. And both the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers, who would have had picks above them, uh, would be good candidates to potentially trade down because they have a lot of holes to fill. Um, and, and so from their perspective, it's a good thing then to leak, oh, we want Charles Cross. We don't want Evan Neal. Because then, because then a, a team who wants Evan Neal will be like, oh, you know, we're beneath the Giants, but they don't even want Evan, they don't even want Evan Neal. So like, we, don't, we don't have to worry about trading up because they're just going to take yeah, Charles Cross. Yeah, they're just you know? like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, take Charles Cross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. They just bamboozled everyone, and they that just makes take, so much sense. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And they just take the best tackle in the draft, just like that. Easy peasy. But Evan Neal is a good pick, yeah, for the Giants. Oh, for sure. Who was not yeah. a good pick, maybe potentially, is number five, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Giants. This one was. Not shocking as Derek Stingley, but surprising. Um, I, I mocked Kayvon Thibodeau in the top 10 uh, to the Seattle Seahawks at number 9 because I, I, my personal evaluation of Kayvon Thibodeau is not that high, but I know that there would be certain teams where their evaluation would him, of him would be like in the top 10. Um, so that's why I was comfortable mocking him in the top 10. I did not think he was going to go number five to the Giants despite the need because, damn, five is high for Thibodeau it, it, because he is a true boomer bust. Like, and, and the biggest problem with him is, the biggest problem with a player like him is that his issue is inconsistency, but the reason for the inconsistency is effort. And like interest, like he just gets bored. He just 
doesn't care enough to give it 100% the entire game. And that's a big issue if, if you're going to pick this player number five and he's going to be the face of your franchise. That, that's a huge issue if he just doesn't care that much. Um, I, I was surprised that someone would take like use a top five pick um, on a guy like that. Obviously, he has the potential to be an absolute monster. Um, like he, I mean, potentially he could be the best edge player in this in this entire draft class. Potentially, uh, like that's how gifted he is physically. But man, just when you watched him on tape this year or last year, you saw it over and over again. Him not trying, him giving up, him being bored over and over again in multiple games no matter how important the important the game was or not important the game was and oh man like i i hope for the sake of the giants that he he ends up being you know a boom rather than a bust but i wouldn't be surprised if this guy who seems to be interested in other things than football goes to new york city and ends up you know pursuing things that are not football right because if you're in the big apple you have plenty of things to do <sighs> that that that's a good point that's a good point i'll be doing so many things if i were in new york right now amen i want to go to new york <laughs> well what were your thoughts on uh drake london being you know, the first receiver drafted. And, you know, we thought, you know, a guy like Traylon Burks, you know, probably would be, you know, one of the first guys off the board, right? But, it, and we thought Drake London, right, were, was top five. Um, but did you expect him to be drafted at eight? Um, this one is between expected and surprising um i wouldn't say i expected it but i did say last week that it wouldn't surprise me if drake london was a top 10 pick here uh because he's that level of talent and if he didn't go to the falcons there at eight he i would have guessed that he would have gone to the, the jets there at 10 um because they also took a wide receiver right they took garrett wilson um and it's a little surprising because because the the Falcons already have Kyle Pitts, who is who's obviously not a wide receiver; he's a tight end. But functionally, he's similar to Drake London in that he is a big pass catcher. Who his game is not predicated on speed; it's based on being a like a matchup, like a mismatch, because he's just bigger than the defender. And and that's kind of what Drake London is. Um, do you really need two of those guys? Like, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, why wouldn't you go for a speed guy who you're sorely missing from from your offense? Um, I don't know. That that's where I had my questions with this pick. Um, the other, like, when people say you're building out your wide receiver core in the NFL, they say it's similar to a basketball team. Um, you want, like, all five different kinds of players. Uh, you don't want all five of them to be centers. 
you don't want all but uh, at the same time you don't want all five of them to be speedy point guards either you want like uh right right you want a right. healthy combination of them so that you have that multiple threats yeah exactly right. in, in your offense to me drake london doesn't provide that as much as a player like garrett wilson chris Olave, even jameson william uh would have i don't know i guess the falcons really like drake london uh which sure fine Yes, if you like the guy, he's a good player. He is a good player. A good yeah, player. yeah. I, I'm not gonna doubt that. He, he's he's his talent is um, enough that that he, that would warrant a top ten pick. So I can't really get that mad, right? If if you like the guy, then then you take the guy that you like. Okay, interesting. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the Patriots drafting strategy? Just this whole draft, because I. I asked you about right the first pick, you know Cole Strange, and she cheekily replies Strange, but I think you know <laughs> um, I was expecting them to you know go out there and get some you know receivers you know in the next round, and you know they get Thornton. I don't yep. really know too much about him. He's really hope he's fast. good. Um, I think that would help because we need. Like we need some, you know what I mean? We need like some big playmakers, like you know, oh, somebody yeah, that can like 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 a, a threat, a deep threat. We really need that, right? So Yeah. I mean, I'll say this every year. Um I will never question Bill Belichick because that guy is the god of football. <laughs> and fair enough. Sometimes he is ineffable and impossible to understand. Um the Cole Strange pick was strange, but it, it, I don't think it was, like, completely ridiculous. I think he would have gone early in the second round. Um, he was probably the next or the second next best offensive lineman still left on the board at that point. So from that perspective, it, it makes sense. It's also a very Patriots pick to build up your um, your trenches first, like the, your lines, your offensive line and your defensive line. So... It, from that perspective, it also makes sense. The wide pretty solid, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's a solid player, and he he's gonna start for 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 the Patriots. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, the wide receiver pick is a little weird. Like my evaluation of it was not that like he's really fucking fast, but like that's it. <laughs> okay, like Fair he, yeah. he's he's really. I mean, yeah, he. He runs a four two eight. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? he's so really like, fast, but he's damn fast. That's. I mean, he's six three two, which is like that's good. Yeah, that's also good, but <laughs> that's good. That's it. Like, go run track. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think you know. <laughs> go he's a... go go run the hundred ten meter hurdles or something. <laughs> Just say. I mean. Uh, we'll see we'll see but uh, i think you know if it's you know if he's as long as he can like put up some kind of deep threat because that's like an element you know i think right like if you're gonna be successful as a team like you at least need to have somebody that can put up a deep threat because that sure. alone you have you have to keep the the secondary honest right 100%, 100%. um so no I, I i hope it's gonna work out i think like you know how bad can it be you know really right, fast right yeah um, but, um so let, let's talk about some of like the the big storylines of this draft um so 
first one is the wide receivers. It was all about the wide receivers here in the middle, middle slash beginning of the draft. Wide receivers yep. go 8, 10, 11, 12. Four receivers in the yeah, top 12. It's just a rush for them, right? Yeah. Exactly. Everybody was scrambling Six for Six receivers in the top 18. That's crazy, but also kind of expected, right? I told, I, I think I said last week, 100% that at least five wide receivers going in the first round would not surprise me to see more. Um, so we ended up with six in the first round, all going in the top 18 with a run 10, 11, 12. Two of them being trades up. The Saints traded up. So the, the Jets took Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State at number 10. And then the Saints traded up to number 11 to take Chris Olave, uh, Garrett Wilson's, uh, um, his teammate at Ohio State. And then the Lions traded up to number 12 to take Jamison Williams. Another former teammate of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave at Ohio State transferred to Alabama. Um so there was a like a short run there of wide receivers. Obviously, these teams kind of had the read of it, it, we like our guys, so we're we need to try to now to to grab them because they're not going to last long here. Um, and then it, more surprised is that two trades happened, two big trades happened here. Um, number one was AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans being traded to the Eagles for the number eighteen pick. Who became Traylon Burks. Um, and then number two, Marquise Brown, uh, Hollywood Brown from the Baltimore Ravens was traded to the Arizona Cardinals um, for a first round pick, which ended up not being actually a, a wide receiver, but center Tyler Linderbaum. Um, it, so really, you could argue that there were like, eight receivers kind of going in the first round it's just that you know two of them happen to not be rookies uh <laughs> interesting wow they, they marquise brown on uh so both cardinals of, that's gonna be nice yeah so it's that's gonna, gonna be, be nice it's gonna be very interesting both of them um so it, it's interesting that there are the trader receivers both of them are number one receivers on their team both of right. them yeah both of them have had 1000 yard seasons multiple times already in their career um, and so, but the, the story behind the trades are very different, are starkly different between the two. So the first one, AJ Brown from the Titans to the Eagles, this one is, um, so th this one is different for two reasons. So number one, the Titans traded him away and then immediately took that draft pick and, and drafted another receiver, Traylon Burks, Arkansas and number 18. Um, so they basically just replaced him. They must really like Traylon Burks, man, because AJ Green's a hell of a player. <laughs> so it, it, it's twofold. So yeah, AJ Green, AJ Brown is literally a a not just a Pro Bowl caliber, an All Pro caliber wide receiver, like a potential top five receiver in the NFL. Um, so to to trade to trade away a known quantity is a bold move um but the the real reason behind the trade was because aj brown was up for a contract extension and they didn't want to they didn't want to give him the money um yeah it's definitely i that i figured it was a money issue either he's already he's already making too much or he's about to make too much and it's 
Either way, you know, the Titans can't foot that. Exactly right. right. Um, that, that's, it's not necessarily that they can't foot that. They, they, they don't want to. They didn't, they didn't want to. They reportedly offered him $16 million a year. Which, to put it in context, Tyree Kill making $30 million a year now with his new contract. Isn't A.J. Brown like, like a little bit older, though? Than Tyreek? A.J. Yeah. Brown is 26, I think. He's super young. Oh, okay. It, it would be his second contract. He's still on his rookie contract. Yeah, so 16 then would be good. <laughs> it would be good, but respective to Tyreek Hill making $30 million a year, and then the contract that he actually got from the Eagles, $25 million a year. If you put it in that, if you put it relative to those numbers, you're $9 million a year off of what you actually ended up getting with the Eagles. He took that as an insult because in his mind, he's a top five receiver in the league, which. Oh, he, no, I, I, I think, is. yeah, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, 16 should be an almost insult mm-hmm. to him. I mean, you could argue that uh, you could definitely argue, right, that 30 for Tyreek is an overpay. Yeah, but. You know, precedent is precedent. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly, right. exactly. And so, um, and so, there, like that, that, that's kind of the reason, uh, the thing that fueled the trade um, away uh, yeah. for for AJ Brown. They replaced him with Traylon Burks, who was a similar player. Funnily enough, a lot of people compared him. Like his comparable was literally AJ Brown. Uh, so if you're gonna replace him with the with the Virginia receiver from this draft, it would be Traylon Burks. I don't think he's as dynamic um, as AJ Brown, but I guess we'll see. Um, it's like getting a new girlfriend. It's like exactly like your ex. It's like <laughs> just just y- younger, you know. But you know, it's like just as hot. Like everything is the same. Exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> um, so funny. That's basically what happened there. The story with the Baltimore Ravens is a little different with Hollywood Brown. Um, so reportedly, Marquise Brown wanted out. Like he he requested to be traded um at the end of last season. Interesting. I guess he doesn't like like he just didn't like like Lamar Jackson, like getting all the spotlight. Like what is it? It's well, you got it right. You got the first half right. He didn't like Lamar Jackson. And by Lamar not the person, I mean his style of play, because he's obviously the Ravens, because they have Lamar Jackson, who is so dynamic in the run game. Their 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 entire offense has been kind of shaped uh, around the run, um, and you can't fault them for that because that's the most effective way to use the personnel that they have is is to to focus and, and play around and to run the the office around the the rushing game, um, and and Hollywood Brown just didn't like that because he didn't feel like he was getting the opportunities that that he should be getting. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I I agree with that because it's like, it, and for a guy like him playing with Lamar Jackson, like you know, even if your team's gonna be successful, you're not gonna put up the kind of stats that's gonna get you a big payday. Exactly. Right. So you you have to think about it that way. Like it, it makes a lot of sense, and you know. But the thing is, though, like, and you know, going to a team like the Cardinals is that like you're really not gonna like it's not a step down in terms of like like competing yep. Yep. for winning, yep. right? Yep. So. Yep. You know, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, like, but you go to the Cardinals, like, they have a really good receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Marquise Brown's not going to be a number one, right? So, <laughs> so funny thing. Uh, this came out, what, today? Yesterday? Today or yesterday. 
DeAndre Hopkins suspended six weeks. Wait, what was that about? I didn't hear that. Uh, PEDs. Ooh. So, yeah, his, but, that, but that was after the trade. Yeah, that, that, was after after the, the trade. that was after the trade. So it just... It, it's like, he didn't know that. Yep, he didn't know that. Yep. Like, he, he still had to take that into account, and he did it anyways. Well, so yeah? we, we don't know but, if the team knew that or not at the time. Mm. Current, current uh, news would suggest that, that they didn't know. Um, I'm leaning kind of that way. That they didn't know that this was hap- that this was going to happen, but in any case, yeah, it happened after the draft, and um, he's going to have an opportunity for at least six weeks to um, prove that he can be a number one receiver and he can show us what he can do uh, with a with an offense that is kind of almost the opposite of of the Ravens. That's like really really focused on on the passing game. Uh, Cliff yep. Kingsbury and 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 Kyler Murray, their entire offense is called like the air raid offense, where as the name would suggest, they're raiding the air. <laughs> uh, right, air raid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, you have to think though, like when DeAndre comes back, you know, he's gonna take that number one spot. He's too good. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Marquise Brown, I always thought like you know he he's he's the he's a number one receiver for a team that like. You know, thankfully, he doesn't need to use receivers that much. So, like, he's filling a role fine. But, you know, he's definitely not, like, you know, the ideal number one receiver. Yeah, in the like, he's I, kinda, I think like, so, too. Um, like, like just... excellent number two. Like, yes, yes. But, like, serviceable number one. Probably, like, you can slide if you have a system that has Lamar Jackson in it. Right, <laughs> Which right. is, like, you know. Exactly. So like, but, in terms of fit, in terms of fit, like everything about like his where he was at, like you know, it was it, it works out for everybody except his pockets, probably is what I feel. It was out for everybody um, except for Lamar Jackson, because number one, Lamar Jackson loses a speedy receiver, but really, what's maybe bigger than that, and what probably pisses Lamar Jackson off more is that one of the top receivers in the league literally just said i don't want to play with this guy mm. like it, like imagine imagine how that makes you feel as a quarterback you know he knows what he's doing yeah I, come on yeah like 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 are you, are you really surprised no no I'm not, you don't you, yeah you should you, be surprised you, but that doesn't make that doesn't you have mean a football you don't player. feel bad you don't throw you don't you don't throw ball to football player. Football <laughs> player gets angry. Football player doesn't like playing with you. Like, are you surprised? Right? It's like, but it, but it, I'm sure it like kind of does like you know kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah, right? it, yeah. It just it, it yeah. feels bad, and then yeah. it also doesn't bode well for the Ravens though. Like who like if you don't draft a receiver, you're not going to attract talent because literally their best receiver was like, I don't want to play with this guy, and left. <laughs> he gonna, hugs the ball. Yeah, who's gonna go? To, who's gonna go to your team? What what elite receiver is gonna want to go to your team? They're gonna have to draft. Yeah, they're gonna have to draft one. Is yeah. Um, but but uh, you know what? You know what? Like, but you know what? What do I think know? about it this way? How many teams in the league right now would love to have Lamar Jackson be in this? Yeah. With the caveat of oh, you got to draft your wide receivers now. Like true. come on, it's true. Yeah, there, there are twenty teams who would lo- love to have who, who would love to have. Yeah, Jackson. they're gonna be fine. They're yeah, gonna be fine. I, I think they're gonna be fine. Um, so, second big kind of uh, headline here for the draft: five Georgia players go in the first round. 
hot damn. I think that's what I said, right? Last week, I said there could be five Georgia players who go. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, like this that de- this defense is like so stacked, right? So <laughs> freaking nutty, man. Trevon Walker, <laughs> number one, um, defensive end. And then Jordan Davis, number 13, defensive tackle. And then you had uh, Quay Walker, linebacker, go at number 22. Devontae White, defensive tackle, go at 28. And then Lewis Seen, safety, go with the last pick in the first round. Oh, man, what a historic draft for Georgia. Um, and it really just... Puts, Amazing, yeah. Yeah, it just puts in perspective yet again how ungood and talented the national championship team was last year. Or I guess this year. Um, or this year, last year. Um absolutely nuts five that's half your starting defense the first round my god that's disgusting man (laughs) like i feel bad for all the other college football teams who had to play against this freaking defense freaking five first rounders (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) and then like i think that like three more of them got drafted like later like in in, like the, the second third fourth rounds like you're playing against all future NFL players. Like, <laughs> like imagine they play in the SEC. It's basically, yeah, it's basically almost like an NFL caliber defense. Yes, you're right? really playing against an NFL <laughs> defense. Imagine you like you, you go to like Kentucky or like Tennessee or something, and you're the running back, and you have to run into these motherfuckers, like. And you're like, dude, I, I, I was just trying to do a white collar job after this, man. Yeah, he's just like. I was a three-star recruit out of high school. Leave me alone. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But notably, their star linebacker and the winner of the best college linebacker award, N'Kobe Dean, fell all the way to the third round, which I expected him to fall out of the first round. I did not expect him to fall all the way to the third I, I guess that's just what happens when you're a small linebacker, an undersized linebacker these days, uh, despite your tape, because his tape was quite good. Um, it's just that he's, he's super undersized and he's not very fast. Um, and I guess that's what happens when, when you know, teams look at you, you're on the board, and they just say, you're just not a good fit for us because you're undersized and you're not fast enough. Um, even, even if you are... Re- even if you win the award for best linebacker in the country, you fall to the third round. Um, what happens? Feels bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's the same thing with basketball too, right? It's like a lot of college ball players, yeah, really yeah. like lighting it up. True. And then and then you're like, you realize that this guy's at the end of the day a five eleven point guard, and you're like. <laughs> Okay, but like that's when like reality settles, and you're like, yeah, feels bad. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or or like he's like a he's like a six nine center who got away yeah, with playing center. Yeah, you see those a lot. Yeah, a lot. Exactly, you, you see, see those a lot, lot, and then and they just don't have they don't have the skills that to play power forward, and and then they're like, okay, get out of here. <laughs> yep. Um. It's, yep. Yeah. It's basically like that. Um. So then, last 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 headline here uh, before we before we round this out um, are the quarterbacks. Only one quarterback in the first round, um, Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh. I think we talked about this pick last week about how Pittsburgh Kenny to Pickett, Pittsburgh, exactly right. Pitt to Pitt. Um, so no surprises there. Um, I'm just I'm a little surprised that he that 
that no one took like a, a flyer on him a little bit earlier. There were opportunities, but you know, Pittsburgh gets his guy. I expect him to be the starter, but he'll um he'll face off against uh what's his face? What's his name? Trubisky. Trubisky um in, in training camp here. Uh, but I expect Kenny Pickett to become the new starter there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um and then he's got an unfortunate name. He's got an unfortunate name for being a quarterback. It's true. Because every time, you know, every time he's going to get an intercept, you know, we're all just going to be like, pick, pick it! it! <laughs> pick it! Pick <laughs> it! Yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's, it's, it's a very unfortunate last name for a quarterback, yeah. A little go bit on, unlucky on. there. Um, yeah. But then, and then the story was, though, that then we had to wait until the third round for another QB to go off. Um surprisingly though desmond ritter went off in the 10th pick um in the third round and then malik willis went after desmond ritter 22nd pick in the third round to tennessee uh matt corral 30th pick third round to uh to carolina and then the the last potential First round quarterback Sam Howell, I believe he went in the fifth round. Yeah, first pick of the fifth round to Washington, um, dropping way, way far down. It's, the biggest loser here is Sam Howell. He's kicking himself because he could have, I, I believe he could have waited um, another year before coming out. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. So he's a junior. Yeah. So um, he could have waited another year, but he decided to come out this year and he fell all the way to the fifth round. Typically, that means you might be out of the league in two years. Um, and that's kind of sad for a guy who, you know, if you waited another year, you could have potentially, you know, made your way back into the first round, theoretically, right? That, that's happened with multiple quarterbacks before. Um, so a, a bit of a sad thing there. I mean, maybe he saw, you know, the quarterback competition this year is like a little bit weaker. Maybe he liked his chances. I mean, do we see, um, cause Alabama, they got that quarterback, right? Um, I think Bryce young or something. Yeah. 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 Bryce young. There's CJ Stroud next year. There's, um, one more. And so like, you know, I don't know if he's going to declare for the draft next year, but I mean like, you know, it's always, it's something. always like, you know, he must've heard something from someone like, obviously like people are telling him, you know, you know, how they think the draft is going to shake out, how they think teams are thinking about him in particular. Um, and I think what happened is that, you know, he was hearing positive things from teams, you know, earlier in the year, and then teams really got to evaluate his game and saw what I saw, a quarterback who is deeply flawed technically in how he throws the ball. That's not going to translate to the NFL. That's going to lead to being very inconsistent and maybe not even a backup. So um, a, a bit unfortunate, unfortunate for him. Hopefully, may, maybe he can take this opportunity to to fix up some of those things. Um, but it, it's kind of a long shot. Um, the not surprise slide here is Desmond Ritter all the way to the third round. Uh, quarterback out of Cincinnati. Uh, he went to the Falcons. The Falcons apparently really liked the the, the guy, the player. Um, but the 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 funny thing about Desmond Ritter is all the hype around him um, leading up to the draft was he's a really good guy. He's a really smart guy. He's a really good team player. He's a really good leader. Like that's all you heard though. 
Like, that's the thing. The hype was all about how good of a guy this guy was. I'm sorry, man. Tom Brady did not win seven Super Bowls because he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a very bad guy, actually. Yeah, actually. He's a very, very bad guy. You don't, right. you don't win. You don't win Super. You're not a good quarterback. But you're a good guy. In fact, and and what's worse is that Ritter did, doesn't even have another year he could have waited. He's 23 years old. He's a super senior. This is literally he, he played five years. He had five years to develop and. At the end of those five years, all, the best thing that any team could say for this guy was, he's a really good guy. <laughs> Look, I don't, don't want to be mean to the guy. Your, your, your own school saying that is like, that's like the equivalent of getting friend zone. You're like, you know, you're, you're like a brother. You know? That's kind of what um, but so, but but like who's who's starting for the Falcons? Who gets the honor of throwing to Drake London? Who gets the honor of throwing to Kyle Pitts next year? Is it going to be Mariota? Is it going to be this guy? I think Mariota's better than this guy, hundred percent. Which is kind of sad. I don't know. They could still make a play for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, True. The, the weird thing about the Falcons, the sad thing about the Falcons is that they could have still had Matt Ryan if they hadn't fucked around with Sean Watson. They like basically okay. The the weirdest thing about that okay. The weirdest thing about that is that they didn't even approach Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson approaches them, so it's like this. Okay, it's like this. The analogy is this. Okay, um, you you're you have a girlfriend, um, and and you're at a bar a bar with her or something. Another girl comes up to you and kind of leans in for a kiss. You don't stop her, and so your lips meet and. And and the, the very moment your lips meet, your girlfriend leaves immediately. You didn't approach the girl. The girl approached you first. And all but the, the, the fault was that you didn't push back and say no when she leaned in. Oh, <laughs> that, that, dude. That's what happened with the Falcons here. That's what happened with the Falcons. The Falcons Deshaun Watson, because he's from Atlanta, um, he approached the Falcons, and the Falcons were like, hmm, I like flirting. I mean, flirt back a little bit. That <laughs> Ryan got pissed off, and then he was like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Let's get divorced. Yeah, Falcons uh, uh, are like, and Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson is very alluring, I'm sure, to any franchise. You're like, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's the hottest girl in the school, right? And, yeah, and exactly. You're just like, oh, well, the business Deshaun Watson. That's exactly what happened. And then, and then what happened? And then what happened? They don't have Matt Ryan. The best quarterback on their roster is Marcus fucking Mariota, and they use a third round in pick. Trouble, dude. And they use third pound, third round pick on a guy whose most redeeming quality is that he's a good guy. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> what? what a fuck up for the Falcons, man. <laughs> I, I yeah, at this point, dude. Yeah, like bring May- Baker Mayfield in. If they do, at least the offense is gonna be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be more fun if they drafted a speedy receiver instead of Kyle Pitts version two. Anyway, <laughs> man, I'm just shitting on the Falcons. Or, 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 or may, maybe they got this guy because you know uh, Ritter. Because you know their argument is that okay, Ritter, Mariota, they both suck. But I mean, if you got Drake London and Kyle Pitts, you know, you just kind of throw it up there. They'll grab it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're genius. <laughs> <laughs> just give him, give him, uh, give him thirty seventy, you know, balls, and you know, we'll make it work, right? It's like, 
Um, so the, the, the last um, piece of, of news here for the quarterbacks is Malik Willis um, dropped all the way to round three, pick 22 to the Titans. Um, so what's interesting is that all the quarterback needing teams except the Seahawks got a quarterback. The Titans got a quarterback. The Panthers got a quarterback. The Falcons got a quarterback. And the Steelers got a quarterback. So all five of the teams that we would have thought need quarterbacks, they all got quarterbacks, um, ex- except for the Seahawks. So they all got their they get they got a guy. Um, the funniest thing about about Malik Willis is uh, Ryan Tannehill's still there, right? <laughs> so in a I think it was in a press conference earlier today or yesterday, um, someone asked him, "Are you going to mentor Malik Willis?" And Ryan Tannehill was like. Not my job. <laughs> and, and this has happened before. It's, it's not unprecedented where, you know, there's a veteran mid-tier quarterback um, on the team and the team drafts a rookie um, to kind of compete with him. And the veteran is like, why would I mentor this? Why would I help this guy take my job? Which, like... Is there, it, there's two sides of the coin, right? It's like, on, on one side, yeah, you're right. Like, you're not getting paid to be a mentor. And it's not in your best interest to train someone to literally take your job because he's literally next in line for your position. Um, so that seems counterintuitive. On the other side of things, it's kind of a dick move to be like, you know, this is a young gun quarterback here who wants to learn, who wants to, you know, develop. And you're like, no, oh, you're shit out of luck that you came to my team because I, I sure shit ain't going to mentor you. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's going to be guys like Tannehill, not guys like, you know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to be like, yeah, come on. Yeah, come on in, man. Like, I, like you know, you're never taking my job. Right? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, guy, guys like Matt Ryan is saying like, yeah, why don't you just try and take my job, <laughs> right? But Tanner was like, Yo, you try going my job? Oh, you you want some of this? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it, 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 it is a it is a cringy look, but you know, but you cringe. you also said earlier, you don't win games, you don't succeed by being a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. By being a ri- yeah. by uh, being a ritter. So you know, I, I respect that. I respect that. Oh, uh, if they come from Tannehill. It's a little cringe, you know. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Because, 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 because I think like the reality is like you know, it's 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 one thing to like actually do that, but it's another thing to like like say it like in front of the freaking media. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, try yeah, to yeah. like stir some shit up, right? It's a uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I guess I'll touch on two notable fallers in the draft. Uh, first one is Jermaine Johnson, who. Uh, out of uh, defensive end out of Florida State, former Georgia player. Um, a lot of people had him in, mocked in the top 10, um, including myself. I had him, I think, number eight to the Falcons. Um, and my understanding is that on, on, in terms of like talent evaluation, almost every single team had him being like a top 10 player in terms of talent um, in this draft. But he fell all the way to, I think it was 28 or somewhere around there, um, and reportedly due to questions about off-the-field behavior um, and, and character concerns. So apparently there were some red flags that, that showed up for him there um, that, that he didn't like. And um, there was also, I think, news about 
him performing kind of poorly in interviews with teams. Um, and that kind of turned some teams off. And so he dropped down the board a little bit. Um, how how could how could what would you have to say? I, I don't know. I don't in an interview. I I don't I don't know exactly what you would have to say to fuck up that bad to be coming from a tenth from a top ten pick for everyone to like twenty eight to end of the first round. But you must have fucked up bad. Uh, and and you know maybe there's a reason that he 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 came, he got transferred out of Georgia, right? Um, there's that's some, certainly something to be questioned of like. Why didn't he stay there with all that talent um, when a championship? Like, why did he transfer out? Like, what, did he have issues with someone on the team? Like, uh, were there personality issues, relationship issues, et cetera? So, um, so that's number one. Um, and the second, uh, I think, faller in this draft, um, I mean, other, other than the quarterbacks, of course, um, what do I want to talk about? Who was the other guy who fell? Uh, um, like who is it? What am I missing? You know, who I want to talk. I have no idea. Um, I swear. Oh, oh, Devonte Wyatt. Devonte Wyatt. Uh, Devonte Wyatt. I think he he still went in the twenties um he went 28 right okay okay so there you go um he was also another player who was in the top 10 of a lot of teams draft boards uh big boards in terms of talent evaluation but apparently he also there were character concerns i think he allegedly like kicked down the door of a woman that he lived with off and on during college or something like that, something along those lines. <laughs> it's something just a little bit sketchy. This is according to a UGA police report. Um, mm. So, at least it was the door. Yes. Oh, thank God. And and charges were dropped actually um, afterward. So he he didn't. But it is, but it is definitely. A, but it happened. Like the incident happened. It's it it's an orange flag. Exactly. I mean, yeah, for NFL yeah. standards, it's an orange flag. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Like that's that's certainly yeah. not what you want if you're gonna potentially pick this guy top ten, right? Um, right. Right. So that yep. makes sense. That's pretty much it. Those are the big right. things. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna be it. I guess for tonight. Um, thanks for tuning in to uh, keep it 111. Uh, we'll talk, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Yeah. Peace. Peace.